0: Oh, it's Just plain Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Through the body, through the time, through the body. Brought to you by Radio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll-free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm,
1: please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis. And Captain Keith is with us in the studio today, too. Which is, uh, it's been a while. Because Keith, well, you know, he has like a real job. We usually don't try to, you know, say that four letter word out loud very often. But uh, he, you don't. He, I, well, yeah, duh. Hello, and uh, but but it, it's nice to have you aboard. Oh well, thank you. Uh, it's Nice to change. be here for a change. Is it? It is. Yeah, you, you're enjoying our new upgrades. We have uh, chairs that he hadn't seen. Uh, you know, because you haven't been here for like a month now I because you guys have been cranking their flight training professionals at the flight school, right? Yeah, we have. And it's just, it's uh, been
2: very good for us.
1: It's been good and bad, bad from the sense that you've allowed me to fly solo with the assistance of Dennis over the last month.
2: Yeah. Well, now I guess
1: it's time to straighten all that out. Okay. Well, <laughs> what, well I mean, what have you heard? <laughs> Hopefully nothing. You haven't been listening. I, I thought
3: I was the one keeping them flying straight. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: You know that, uh, here's what only-
3: happened when you start thinking, Dennis, <laughs>
1: oh, yeah.
3: sorry, yeah. my mistake.
1: He's only one man. It usually takes at least two. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, it's good to have Keith, uh, aboard today. So you have been busy, uh, flight tra- training, professionals, the flight school here in Orlando that, uh, Ed and Keith run. And, um, you know, there's been some flight school news that we kind of need to navigate through. And and I'm, I know you're aware of this United School thing announcement that they made. I don't know. The flight school was in uh, Arizona. Correct. Is that right? Yes. All right. So United has bought a flight school and said, okay, we're going to buy this so we can train our uh, pilots more efficiently and kind of create a pipeline so they can go to the school and then put them right into these jobs and and be good to go. But yet there's no pilot shortage. No pilot shortage uh, but you know, I don't know what, I mean, is this a good thing or a bad thing? What do you think from your perspective?
2: From my perspective, uh, I, I think it, it announces that number one, that the major carriers are definitely looking at the fact that there's a shortage, but they don't want to admit it yet. Right. Uh, but number two, uh, airlines don't necessarily know how to run a flight school.
1: Mm Hmm. Well, this was an established flight school already, wasn't it? It was. So yes. hopefully they have some I think it's a
2: better idea than what uh, Republic is doing, which is starting their own flight school.
1: Building from ground from the ground, ground up. up. Yes. Yeah.
2: But they're trying to, they're, they're getting into this because there is such a shortage of pilots and they need to have, they're looking out into the future. Right. And they're going, we don't have enough pilots to staff our airline in the next 10 years. Yeah. So we got to get them here somehow. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so you you're a fan or not a fan? It sounds like you're kind of on the fence. It just depends on how they're going to run it. Is that what you're saying?
2: Well, I, I guess if you are if you're a fan of United Airlines and you want to go to United Airlines, that's your career goal is right. to get there. Then mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea for you because you're in. Right? Yes, they're going to do interviews basically prior to you getting there. If they accept you into the school, as long as you do well in the school. Mm-hmm. You're, you've got a job at united airlines right so if that's what you're looking to do
1: but if you have an great. aversion to uh operating your plane and uh sometimes wanting to like pull people off the you know out of their seats and throwing them off the plane because i don't know what was that guy who did that a few months ago that made the news what'd he do come on dennis the help jet, me up. the
3: jet that's the jet blue flight attendant that grabbed two beers and hit the slide no that's knows. not no. it no. no there was no, a United guy. He's United guy. guy, captain that- that uh
2: kicked somebody off the airplane
1: right i forget what it was for some weird uh, you yeah, know infraction I forget, or I whatever forget what it was but. yeah but but they were in the news there for a while for a, a, a spattering of yes. bad pr and maybe that was the time they say like, hey we better do something about As this all
2: the airlines are now
1: they they all suck is what you're saying
2: no i'm just saying they all <laughs> have they all have incidents that you know hit the news because of social media and stuff right
1: today. So. Well, like you said, JetBlue, uh, yeah, you can pick one. There's right. bound to been been a bunch. But, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, uh, you know, having that pipeline, like you said, plus and minus. If you if you went to a flight school, you wouldn't necessarily want to be limited maybe right. to one particular airline, which I don't a know.
3: Why well, go to the dance uh, when there's uh, so many hot chicks around, you know, you get so many choices, you wouldn't want to narrow yourself down, right? So okay. That's, that's uh, one of the reasons why we don't sign a contract with any particular airline.
1: Yeah, you want to keep it open. Keep it
2: open. So the kids can go anywhere they they feel that they would want to go.
1: Like Peter the Bachelor, yeah, you know, he, he he's narrowed down the field to six women right now. As you know, De- uh, Dennis and well, and Keith.
2: Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, you're, you're a, a thank liar. You for the update.
1: <laughs> Who who's that? He's uh, the Bachelor. He started with like thirty women, and now he's he's whittled it down to six.
3: Apparently, he's a 737 pilot for Delta. I only know that because Greg keeps giving us the update. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, you're a liar. You watch every single episode. He must be a pretty sorry guy. If, if he's a 737
2: pilot for Delta and he can't get somebody, he's got to go on TV. for. Well, it.
1: we don't know if he, he may be, you know, uh, having the time of his life right now or he may be single. Well, no, in about three weeks. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. that you know, it, it, it's a thing, I guess. So hey, I think
2: the bigger news, yeah. Let's move on to bigger news. I think would be Neilman starting a new airline.
1: Who? The owner of JetBlue. He's starting. I didn't hear about this. Yes. Do you, did you know this, Dennis?
3: Um, I don't think I knew that it was uh, being started by JetBlue. I did hear yeah. about a new airline that's starting up uh, using, I think the uh, the new Airbus A220s. Yeah. Is
1: that what we're talking about, Keith? Yeah. Okay, so, so this it's, was it's, the it's, owner it's, it's of it's JetBlue. His, yeah. All right. So it's and? his
2: fifth airline. But I think that's a bigger story than United buying a flight school because any new airline today, since there's such a pilot shortage, how are they going to get pilots?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, when you have a proven track record of the current airlines that are out there, right? And you have a brand new startup, how you don't really know exactly how it's going to go. Yeah, you know. Well, fill me some, in. Some, I don't know this story. Some people are not going to, uh, maybe not going to pick the new one just because they don't have um, a track record yet.
1: Right. But, I mean, why is he doing this? Is he still with JetBlue or no?
2: He is. It's just another low-cost carrier that he's going to do for the islands and so forth.
1: Okay. Oh, just so it'll be a Caribbean airline type thing, like a puddle jumper type of deal?
2: For start for now for but, starters. I mean, it's not a puddle jumper i mean they're they're, decent they're big sized airplanes. Air, okay yeah.
1: so they're going to give like american a little more run for their money probably because they got a little bit of a monopoly on a lot of the caribbean islands right. okay so uh so, so, so that's
2: going to be very interesting to watch to yeah. see how that all comes about
1: i hope it works cause because
2: god knows they need it because the JetBlue university is not doing all that great why is that
4: uh because
2: I, they quit giving you the free bag Uh, No, I think it's just – I'm I'm talking about the – not the airline itself, but I'm talking about their flight school.
1: Right. Well, I'm talking about the airline. I mean, they took away their first free bag unless you get an upgrade now, so their basic fare doesn't include anything. They've stripped it down, which I I was a big fan of JetBlue for a while there because they give you at least one bag free. You know, like Southwest gives you two.
2: So the only one left is Southwest. As
1: far as I know, yeah. I mean, you can still get it, but, you know, they have that tier – you know, system now, like, hey, you want the best fare ever? Well, yeah, you can't bring anything. Hey, your next thing you know, they're going to be uh, penalizing you for wearing clothes. Well, no, I'm that, still
3: waiting for the pay toilets.
1: Well, that they've tried that already. Yeah, that's that's over. But maybe this Caribbean airline, maybe they'll do that because you don't really need clothes yeah. a lot of times in well, the Well, they'll find that when they start charging for the
2: toilets, they'll just start going in the aisles.
1: Okay, Okay, uh, there's that. But it, but he's not giving up his uh, ownership of JetBlue, is he? No. Okay, so he's no, starting a new airline asked. that's going to run through the Caribbean or some of the islands, yes, type of thing. And and uh, you're concerned about well, okay, that's great, but how are you going to how are you going to fill the cockpit with new pilots when you know we have a shortage already?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see how you, how you're going to do that. Uh, are you going to pull from your current group of pilots at JetBlue mm-hmm. and put them in there?
1: Well, usually those routes have beginner pilots, don't they? Isn't that kind of an entry level pilot flying uh, route?
2: No, not necessarily. I mean, they they bid there. They put out the airlines put out a, a bid packet every month. Yeah, with all the trips scheduled, mm-hmm. and the pilots bid on it, and they are assigned trips in seniority. So, number one pilot, he looks at the bid packet, he gets whatever he wants. Really? Yeah.
1: That's how that works. I and didn't then know that.
2: The most junior pilot on the list gets whatever's left over, which is typically reserve.
1: Hmm. Well, and, I thought uh, you know, but some of those uh, Caribbean flights are usually Yeah, uh, I've seen them. I mean, the the pilots look kind of young a lot of times. Well, a lot of the pilots
2: today are young because as old guys we're all
1: old.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. Okay. So, uh, but, but you're saying they would get first dibs if they want to fly to like St. Martin from Fort Lauderdale or something, if they like that route. So Mm -hmm. the pilot would, would be able to pick the route, uh, depending on their seniority. Correct. And then whatever's left over the. The lower uh, folks down on the totem pole have to take right. up the... Clean, that's why, it's,
2: that's up. why your your goal is to get to an airline, get there quick, so the guy ahead of you doesn't run your life. Because he will for the rest of your life.
1: Oh, I'm sure. And he'll make you... Uh, he'll let you know, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You're going to Saskatchewan or Kathmandu
0: while I fly to the Caribbean, sucker. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
4: I don't really need or want anything. I mean, my life is pretty chaotic. I have five kids, you know, and I have friends that love stuff. I have a friend who has a drawer of watches.
2: I have another friend who has five cars. Whenever I'm with these people, I realize I'm just simple.
4: All I need is a nice bed and a private jet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now, I have the bed. All I need is the jet. And it could be a used jet.
2: I'm not a snob, you know? I mean, I don't want a prop plane, I'm not trash.
1: Fly. Well, you're in the right place. This is Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. I am Greg, your co-pilot, along with Captain Dennis and uh, Keith, as well, as with us today. So we're uh, talking about these routes as a pilot. It looks like there's tons of opportunities, not just a new flight school that United has uh, picked up in Arizona, but, you know, uh, a new airline that the owner of JetBlue is starting to run some routes in the Caribbean. Now, I I didn't understand this uh, hierarchy of how they pick their routes, uh, but uh, Keith just explained that uh, the more seniority you have, the more opportunities you have to pick the route that you prefer. And I thought that beginner pilots were, like, you know, pushed out in the Caribbean and doing these little putter jumper flights, but you're saying that's not necessarily the case uh, because – well, the, the, it's more seniority,
2: right? So the the senior pilots they're going to take the stuff where they have to do less work, so less work. It's, okay, it's going to be less work to be flying in uh, in the islands where you don't have to get deiced, right? Uh, right. So so
1: it's more appealing.
2: It's more appealing to be down south. Hmm. Of course, depending on where the routes go and where the layovers go, and what do the trips pay?
1: So, uh, well, they pay on sunshine, don't they?
2: Yeah, but sunshine doesn't pay the bills. So, well, that's true. You know, if they're if they're fairly decent legs, where you know you don't have to do fifteen or you know seven or eight of legs a day, right? But, you know, do just a couple of legs a day, and you get decent pay out of it and a decent layover. Yeah, but one of the legs might be
1: say St. Martin, where you get to blow people off the beach every uh, landing or takeoff, and bonus, and,
2: and that's a bonus. Yeah, you know, so uh, you right. might pick that just because you get to do that.
1: But right. we were talking during the commercial break, you know, Dennis and myself are divers, and we're thinking, well, heck, you know, we'd want to, we'd want to be have one of those routes. And then you pointed out, like, well, yeah, but you, you're not going to be able to dive on your layover, right? You're not going to have enough time to decompress. And I was like, that would be like torture, as if you're a scuba diver and you're doing a route through the Caribbean and you're to- stopping off at like St. Lucia and Dominica, all these beautiful places that are are prime dive destinations. And then knowing that you're going to be there stuck landlocked uh, for a few hours and not be able to uh, partake in any of that activity. That would kind of blow, wouldn't it, Dennis? What do you think?
3: Yeah, that's kind of cruel and unusual yes. punishment, right? Exactly. Well, you could do you could do shallow dives.
1: We could, right. Well, you snorkel right. and then uh, do rainforest stuff like zip lining and things like that, maybe. Right. Yeah, but you just wouldn't be able to scuba dive. Right. Because uh, you've got to wait usually about 12 to 24 hours. After your last dive before you pop in an airplane. So it just
2: depends on what kind of layover you have. If you got a two day layover, which get one day of diving good, in. Chances are you're probably not going to have that down there. But no, you know,
1: they won't. They'll they're gonna turn around quicker. aren't will. they? Yeah. They got too many tourists, they gotta get in and out of uh if they the even have any
2: overnights island. down there.
1: You mm, know. They wouldn't? <clears throat> well, well you're right. They probably you know, just zip right in and take off take, again. That's what they usually out, do. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So it would be a little bit of uh like uh, the forbidden fruit kind of thing. Right. Hm. I don't
2: but know. It's, it's still it's still nice flying compared to being up in the ice and snow. True. I mean, I would me personally, I would much rather do that than be up in the ice and snow. Well, it landing be, on an icy runway or snow-filled runway is not very fun. no
1: fun at all. But it, but if you're going in the summer, it could kind of suck in the Caribbean too, though. Well, that's true. So yeah. then,
2: so then you go back up north, and right? Fly.
1: You, you got to mix it up a little bit. Like, hey, you know that's how you bid your routes correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is that something you do at like a three-month time in advance, or not even that far in it's advance, every, or what?
2: every month? Every month you do. So that, typically. Huh? Typically, right at about the you know tenth to the fifteenth of the month, the the bid packets come out for the next month. Yeah, and you've got usually five, six, seven days, whatever the, your contract says, to bid for the next month. Right, and then they've got two or three days to do the assignment. So, who
1: prices the route payment? I mean, for instance, like is the are you going to get paid the same amount to fly into Chicago in the winter as you would during the the summer months? Yes. Well, that's an easy decision for me. Your hourly rate, your
2: hourly rate.
1: Yeah, because I'm not flying into Chicago uh, like pretty much uh, October through April.
2: Well, you, you have to remember, though, that when you're, when you're an airline pilot, you get an hourly rate and you get paid from when you release the brakes for pushback mm-hmm. until you block in and set the parking brake. That's typically, for most of the contracts, that's where you get paid. Yeah. So if you push back... And you're in Chicago and you have to go get de-iced and it takes you two hours to get de-iced. Right. And then you fly your two-hour flight. Uh-huh. You're getting four hours of pay for a two-hour flight. I gotcha. So it just kind of so depends on where So if you're in the you're Caribbean,
1: at. you just got to taxi really, really slow. No problem, man. Yeah. I'm on island time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, you know, it, it really all depends on, you know, people are looking for different things. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what you where you're at. You know, if you've got a lot of kids that are heading to college or something, you might want to be in Chicago, even though the weather sucks.
1: Mm. Well, I think it's pretty universal. I think everybody would agree with me. You want more money for less work.
2: Exactly. Okay. So. Pilots are no different. All right. You
1: know. I don't know. What do you think, Dennis? That's that's
2: the big joke. You know, what's the difference between a a jet pilot and and a jet airplane? Yeah, why? Uh, At least the airplane quits whining when it gets to the
1: gate. Ah, okay. There's that. But now Dennis has some more options to consider. I don't know. Is that a path you may uh, consider after your CFI stuff you're doing? Or what do you think? No?
3: You know, it's always been a dream. But, mm-hmm. you know, you also have to temper that with the the practicality. You know, I've got a, a very good day job at, and it would be, you know, a big pay cut for me to go backwards and into an airliner. Right. But it sounds like the, a good gig the for The quality your kids. of life. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. the quality of life for me the the stress, I think, in many ways would be a lot less, and at least initially it'd be a lot more fun, but I'm sure as you start doing it, like any job, it would probably start to get monotonous and routine, but yeah. you're still flying. Well, you it's
1: have still- two kids in the pipeline to become commercial pilots, so get them certified, then they can bring us on. To fly with him in the jump seat, right? Isn't that how it works? It's a family affair. You,
0: you know
3: that that's why my son is in, in college. I told him you need to get, become an airline pilot so I can get non rev privileges and fly for free everywhere.
1: A- and my friend Greg, you'd mentioned that, didn't you?
3: You know, I think I forgot. Uh, to mention that. I'll, I'll get. I'll get. A, I'll, I'll update the list. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, uh, it's interesting. I mean, you know, we you know we learn stuff all the time, and that's why we have Keith in uh the in the studio sometimes you, you every once in a while so i can learn you something yeah was, uh, so you can learn me something i learned it i learned it from keith he taught us how to do this stuff right who to talk to him. god bless him all right more coming up i just i don't know why it became country <laughs> but uh, it just happens sometimes so.
0: just plain radio the show devoted exclusively to flying in the aviation lifestyle
1: I've been up around the stratosphere at thirty-one thousand feet. I'm gonna fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plain Radio. Gregor, co-pilot. That's me, along Captain Dennis Hey, Captain Keith. Uh, informing us properly of, uh, you know, what commercial pilots have to do, how they get their routes and that kind of thing. Very enlightening information. Now, there's some other, uh, you know, aviation news and information that we got to navigate along the same line. These are all about uh, commercial airliners, uh, a lot of stuff going on in the industry. But uh, we broke a record uh, last week on the This is like the fastest flight ever or something. Is that right, Dennis, or what? What happened?
3: That's correct. It's the fastest subsonic flight between New York and London. Uh, just a, a great combination of a winter storm over uh, like the Greenland area, combining with the, the seasonal jet stream. Uh, uh, British Airways 747-800 was able to literally surf the, the, uh, the jet stream and set a new record of, I think, four hours and 56 minutes from New York to London. They wow. actually arrived over 80 minutes early on this how about flight.
1: How How early in the flight would you know you were breaking a record like that, Keith? Fairly early. Do you yeah. think that – did they make could- an announcement and say, hey, ladies and gentlemen, guess
2: what? Uh, it depends on, on the crew, really. Yeah. Um, you know, some, some pilots really like to talk a lot, and and others just would rather not say anything at all.
1: I mean, I would be uh, asking for cheers and claps and the whole thing, but of course – they knew that once they got there 80 minutes early, they would have to sit on the taxi wait for 80 minutes for to, their to gate make, up open. Their,
2: make up their flight and right. make up their actual pay time.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're getting ripped here, guys. We got to come up with a good excuse. Yeah, uh, but, ladies but and they, gentlemen, our uh, our gate is busy. Uh, we're going to have to sit here for a few minutes. We're going to open when, it up as soon as we can.
2: When they turned around, they got the payback, though.
1: How so? Oh, yeah. They had to <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that would blow. Uh, So so much uh for making up the time. That's right. On the way back.
3: There's always always a payoff, you know. Yeah.
1: You don't want to be that poor sap. But if you
3: flight plan it right, I mean, it it looked like with this storm, it was pretty northern on the track, so they could have probably taken a southerly track back and headwinds wouldn't have been as bad. Hey,
1: it'd be the first time I'd be on a plane where they clap when you land and you have a reason to, I think. I don't don't really
0: get that whole thing. But
1: hey, breaking a record, what the hell? You can't fly. No, but until I can, I have to set
2: up for piloting a plane. Let's do it. Come on, Bernie. You can't ground this eagle. It needs to soar. You know I can
0: do this. We come.
1: This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and Keith running out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right, so they broke a record. And once again, that plane was, uh, what was it in a what? 747. It was a 747. It was a big-ass plane, caught the jet stream, broke all kinds of speed records, it was 80 minutes early into London, uh, which is uh, would be pretty cool. But I, I, I bet you, how, how much you want to bet they had to wait uh, you know, at least 30 minutes on the tarmac. I'm guessing. Wouldn't you think? Oh,
2: probably, because there's probably another airplane in the gate and they weren't expecting them. Yeah, so they're like, hey, they what the hell are
1: you
3: doing it, here? Yeah,
1: yeah, but who knows? I mean, it it's still kind they of They earned neat. their call sign speed bird, right? <laughs> Maybe. Very possible. Uh, but I don't know. We, uh, why they uh, applaud when they land. I found that to be a very uh, common thing when you fly out through the Caribbean and you know, south of the border and stuff like that. I don't know if it's a Latino thing or what. But when I flew just to Germany and the Maldives, it, it didn't happen. And it doesn't happen that often in the States. But you say you've encountered that in the States, too. I have. When it's,
2: uh, when it's been uh, like rough. a rough flight or something like that. And people yeah. are just happy to be on the ground.
1: Well, you fly down to the Caribbean. They do it no matter what. I mean, it's just like it's a thing it's some kind of cultural thing and, and i've never quite understood it i mean i don't have a problem with it other than do they know something i don't know that the, you know <laughs> so like whatever right. yeah nine out of ten times we don't make it so we're thankful every time we land and we lay okay yay, you know it held together for one more trip <laughs> right you know it's it, and it kind of goes back to those uh those legs throughout the Caribbean that I thought were like on the the cheap seat list for for pilots as far as preferred routes to acquire, but I don't know if you know. Feel free to let us know at info at justplainradio what the story is about the applause, but it doesn't happen. I don't uh, notice that that much domestically flying throughout the U S. Or, like I said, I didn't encounter anything like that when I flew back and forth from Germany. They were just, like, all angry.
0: I was just, angry? Why well, angry?
1: I mean, they just, they weren't, but they sound angry, the the German folks sometimes. Like, hey, are you having a good day? Nine. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, excuse me? You know, they <laughs> – so, But, it, you know, once again, it's a cultural thing. God bless them. I, I love the German folks, just for the record. Everybody I encountered were awesome folks. They They just didn't seem to applaud when we landed. So I think they're just used to things working – Maybe that, it's simple as that. All right. So uh, look, there's some other things going on. Uh, pilots now can't get coffee cups. Is that the what is going on with that, Dennis?
3: Well, the uh, the uh, European equivalent of the FAA has issued an airworthiness directive for the Airbus 350, the the big twin engine airliners, because of, they've had a couple of incidents where pilots have spilled coffee onto the center pedestal. Right on top of the engine controls, and it's actually caused uh, an engine to shut, be shut down in flight and not be able to restart. And uh, obviously, they're very concerned because it's only a two-engine airplane instead of a four-engine seven forty-seven. And uh, when losing one, you could lose the other, and now you've all, this, all of a sudden got a very big glider.
1: Right. So uh, that'd have to be a pretty serious coffee spill, though, wouldn't it? Keith? It would. Yeah. I mean, it seems a little uh, uh, a bit much to me. I would How rather have. My pilots hopped up on caffeine than worrying about the odd man out who happened to spill his coffee on the thing. You know, in radio, we have a unwritten rule with the engineering department that you're not allowed to have, you know, drinks or coffee or anything by the equipment when we're doing the radio shows. And uh, it's the engineers uh, made the rule because they don't like their stuff breaking, which I understand But it's like, hey, you want me to function as a radio show host or you want this stuff to work? Well, of course you want this stuff to work. You don't want to have to fix it. But I don't care. I have to be able to function. So you're going to have to, you might have to lose a board or two. It's it's the same thing
2: (laughs) in the airlines because you can't keep liquid away because, you know, airlines, an airline airplane is drier than the Sahara Desert. So you have to keep yourself hydrated. hydrated sure so you got to keep the the liquids coming in and but yet you do have all this electronic stuff mm-hmm. uh i think it can't be a, stupid i think it's an airbus issue itself um the fact that it's actually shutting down an engine i mean that's pretty ridiculous exactly seen, make them waterproof I mean, already i've, I've Jeez. seen many many coffee spills and water spills and so forth on the center console and I've seen them fry a radio or something, but never shut down an engine.
1: Right? How hard can it be? I mean, I can drop my uh, iPhone in the toilet and still be able to use it now. Right? You don't. Yeah, well, wanna, from you from you don't need I to borrow reading. my phone, do no, you? No, okay, no, just checking. Uh, <laughs>
3: From the AD uh, paper, what they were saying, though, the issue is uh, the way that that pedestal is laid out in the 350, it's a very convenient kind of a flat spot right behind the throttles uh, at the cutoff. Mm -hmm. So it's really convenient to just set it right there in the center. And so the AD isn't that you can't have coffee in the cockpit, but you just can't be setting it down on that pedestal. So maybe they're going to have to actually put some cup holders in, you know, to be back, a throwback to the 80s with the cup holder suspended from your cabin window or something. Right. Just so that you don't have that temptation to set the cup right in the in the quadrant there two dollar fix well you would Suction
0: you would think
2: that in this day and age that airbus would figure out that you got to have cup holders in convenient locations that are not going to um, be a detriment to any of the electronics on the airplane
1: you know I, I the simple thing is you just you know turn your headsets into one of those like spring break tube beer holdy things well, that kind of go yeah passengers make, would love that yeah
2: But even so, Dennis, you know, that flat surface there, just about all airplanes have one. Uh, It's just they should have made it more waterproof is is really all it made, Mm -hmm. you know, and they could have done that.
1: They could have, but no, they would rather keep pilots from drinking their coffee staying alert.
3: No, we either need to get him a sippy cup or get him a yeti with the, you know, with the little slide lid on there so that if it does tip it doesn't, uh, you know, dump over. Maybe. It's an easy fix. It's just I think it's an awareness issue more than anything. Right.
1: Well, it,
2: I mean it should be an awareness issue of the manufacturer because you can have a pilot who's being extremely careful, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the flight attendant just handing them the drink and they hit some turbulence at that particular point and it spills onto that particular thing and it's going to shut an engine down. Right. That's, I think, my own personal opinion, that's kind of ridiculous. Poor engineering. You, know, you have to
1: engineer out the, uh, you know, the human error and uh, right. idiocracy of, of it, people. Idiosyncrasies. Yeah, yeah. those. Yeah. It, because it,
2: that that can happen very easily because the flight attendant has to hand that cup right over the top of that console. Right. And so you happen to hit some turbulence at that particular point. No't oh. it spills. Yeah. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah. They just got to talk to Apple, you know, like, hey, you made the iPhones waterproof up to like 30 feet because people kept dropping them in the toilet. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to. I mean, it just happens. It's kind of a thing. And so they they came Are up you with speaking a sli-
3: from personal experience? No, I'm yes, just saying is.
1: it's one of the most common things that happen with cell phones. You know this has happened yeah. to you, haven't it? It has. See, yeah. Dennis, have you dropped your phone in the toilet?
3: My son just had never. it happen to him too.
1: Never, you've never done this. Okay, nope. he's
3: a liar. He I've dropped it from the wing of the airplane and cracked the screen, but that's oh. a different
1: story. Mm-hmm. So you should have dropped it in the toilet, still. Right, right? exactly. You wouldn't <laughs> have any now issue. You, now you just cut your fingers. Mhm. So, uh anyway, there's that. All right, there's this other story. Which I, I hope this isn't where we're going with this whole coronavirus thing. But, you know, when I flew back from uh, Germany and the Maldives, obviously, uh, the the security was pretty intense, especially when I came in through JFK. Everybody's wearing masks. And, and I, you know, last week I was talking about the value, value of having global entry. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, my God, you need it so badly. And uh, especially right now, because you'll be, you'll be stopped at customs for at least an hour or two with all the people they're trying to process because of the coronavirus, just throwing that on top of everything else they have to, uh, you know, watch people for. But, uh, you know, the mask things are, are one issue. If you want to wear that, God bless you. You know, they actually say it's maybe not a bad thing if you're in a commercial airliner to wear one of those. Other than that, they don't see the benefit of it. That's not what I've heard the medical professionals say,
2: but that's TV. not. That's but really. This not guy where took it to the next it.
1: level, though. Greg. Well, he did. He did. What, what were you saying, Keith? You're really not going to get it from the air in
2: the in the airplane because the the typical airplane, the air is recycled about every three
1: minutes. Right, right through the toilets. Right. Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> but where you're going to get it from is going to be most likely place you're going to get it from is going to be your tray table because people have them out they have stuff sitting on there they got their hands on there they sneeze on there yeah big gooey mess and then they just fold it up and put it away right and you come in you sit down you take out your tray table and you hey, set let's your see. stuff on there and
1: hey what's that brown stuff on there oh that's nothing that's just some leftover gravy help yourself
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous amazed be a diver
4: For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org.
0: Off with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
4: You know that maneuver where you fly straight up until you stall and then pull out of the dive? Uh huh. Can we do that today? Nope. Don't decide now. We'll talk more up.
1: This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis and Keith running out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right. So if, uh, you know, the, the masks aren't good enough for you, you could follow the flight path of this guy that was, uh, well, he was filmed. And then uh, the video or picture went viral. He basically created his own little aviation commercial airliner pod, didn't he? Like a well, boy in the bubble kind of deal.
3: It wasn't actually created for aviation. It was originally created for sporting events. It's called the stadium pod and you might've seen it on shark tank, uh, uh, but yes, this guy right. kind of took it to the next level mm-hmm. and put on this little personal plastic bubble, uh, over him and in a seat to keep the germs off of him. So, you know, could this be the future of aviation? Everybody gets their little isolation pod. You can sneeze into your own pod instead of on the tray table in front of you.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I would just sit there and, and make fun of this guy the entire flight. I, I You'd feel like an idiot, wouldn't you? And I, well, you'd I,
3: certainly look like one, but.
1: I mean, but, you know, he could be, be laughing all the way home saying, hey, I'm not going to be sick. You germ-infested humans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, it's one yeah. of the craziest things you ever saw, though. I mean, I will, you know, I've always thought, you know, the people on the long haul flights that have those big blow up bill uh, pillows that allow you to lean forward, they're like a giant triangle thing. I mean, those look very comfortable, but I'm like, you look like a moron. Uh, Are you guys with me on this or what? I mean, there's a a point that, you know, it's a little overkill, you think? Yeah, but the seats are very uncomfortable. They are. You got to do something. I agree, but I mean, you know, when you have something blow up that's almost as big as you, and you have it sitting there in front of you, or you have your own little, you know, boy in the bubble contraption you're going to put yourself in, you look like an idiot. I mean, at some point, you've got to sacrifice you your health you for just, how
2: you look. You could just make friends with the guy sitting next to you and just lean on him.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll get a bubble. <laughs> yeah, We'd
3: appreciate that.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is kind of nutty, though, uh, that thing. And who knows okay, if this ends up catching on? Obviously, if this coronavirus thing gets worse, we're going to see more and more of this. I have no doubt about it. But right now, I I think it's a bit much, you know. And uh, and like you said, it's the trade tables and that kind of stuff. You know, on my long haul flights that I did to Germany and the Maldives that I was talking about last week, you know, when you get on the international carriers, at least. I was in premium economy and they give you a little rag to, uh, before they serve dinner. And I took that thing, you know, wipe, wipe my hands off and then I clean off the table immediately. So that's is it, is that what you're supposed to yes. do? Or is that a little, little extra- I, I carry little disinfectant, disinfectant thingy
2: things with me and, and wipe off the tray in front of me.
1: Right. Sure. Yeah. But I think, you know, that's, uh, just something I kind of, you know, I'm aware of. Uh, and uh, you could take those little tips or you could, you get your own little plastic, uh, plastic bubble and live in it, you know, because once you do it in the airplane, then well, I might as well, you know, I got to do this all the way home. So I might as well just deboard with me in the bubble. There and you it, go. You yeah, know.
3: don't want all those people in the terminal breathing on you. Right. right.
1: That's way worse than
2: in the airplane. Probably. Well, what it, it is. And then what about in the cab? Who's been sitting in the cab?
1: Correct. Right? Or the Uber or whatever you're using. Mm hmm. It's a germ infested mess that we have in front of us. So I don't know if this will be uh, an ongoing thing or not, but I don't know. I'll let other people be the dummies for once. Let them do that. (laughs) And then once it sets in and it's accepted as a a kind of a dumb thing that we as a human species continues to do, then I'll jump in, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll jump on the bandwagon and, and do it. You're going to let everybody else look dumb first. Exactly. Exactly. I don't I mean I've had enough of being the first <laughs> so uh anyway you you have that to look out for, and uh, you know if it happens on your airplane, obviously take a picture, it'll probably go viral <laughs> yeah uh so we we had that uh there was another story we need to navigate through before we wrap things up today, I believe wasn't there Dennis what was it
3: there was um you've heard of uh the aircraft manufacturer Pilatus uh they're known for their uh single engine turboprops and uh, some of their, their little... Pilatus or definitely. Pilatus?
1: Or platypus? Potato, potato. Platypus? What is it? But Pilatus? They, it's Pilatus. As far it as I, Pilatus. I believe okay. it's Pilatus. Okay, we'll go with that.
3: But uh, but just about a year ago, they they just certified their first uh, twin-engine jet as opposed to a turboprop. Hmm. But it's very unique in that it's uh, an extremely versatile or super versatile jet, as they call it. And they've certified it for flying off of... a. Uh, like gravel runways, and they just completed certification of being able to fly it off of grass, wet earth, snow. So pretty much, it's the all-terrain vehicle of the business jet class. Well, why and is the why do you have to have eleven a, people?
1: Why do you have to have special certification for a jet because of gravel and grass and stuff? I mean, gravel. What the jet?
3: Well, exhaust. You don't want like, rocks getting psh- kicked up into your intake. Uh, or, you know, affecting the, the, you know, as the wheels kick up stuff, you don't want that hitting the airframe.
1: what have they done? Uh, Put yeah. like a little plastic bubble around the engine so it can't do that or what?
3: Yeah, it's a new bubble. They've probably got rock rock diverters uh, yeah. built into the landing gear to keep that from getting kicked down or getting kicked into the engine intakes. Uh-huh. And uh, the way that they designed the suspension is to be able to handle better or uh, much better uh, control and much better dampening on rough, uneven surfaces. But I was looking at this, and this is the perfect airplane for Just Plane Radio, Greg. It can seat you and 11 of your friends and fly off of a 2,700-foot runway.
1: Ooh, I like the sound of that.
3: That pretty much opens up every island in the Caribbean to jet service.
1: Yeah, and, that, and that's, uh, it, it probably goes very fast, too, I
3: would imagine, right? It's a 400-knot 400, 400 airplane.
1: Okay, so you, winner, you, winner, chicken dinner, let's go.
2: You, you just won't be able to go from here, there. Why? You have to stop for fuel.
1: It'll suck the fuel dry really quick. Well,
3: 11 pastures you won't be able to go with full fuel. Well, still, I mean. Greg would have to find 11 friends that would want to go, so. Well,
1: there's a true (laughs)
3: statement there. Okay.
2: But the biggest thing there is they had to show performance. They actually have to work the performance numbers on a grass strip and a gravel strip.
1: Yeah. I will find 11 friends if you give me your credit card and we buy one.
2: Oh, I have to buy it first and then then you find your friends.
1: And the problem with that is what? That we're out of time. So, remember, there's no better high
3: than learning learning to to fly. fly.